Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Welcome everybody today to our brand new series that we have called Steady and Established. Before we get into the message today, let's just pray together. Father God, we just love you today, and we thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your help in this time and this season of our lives and this season of the world. And we thank you, Lord, that we can always depend on you. We can always put our trust in you. So we thank you, Lord, for this moment, for your goodness, for your word, for your love. And we just bless you, and we thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you're watching uh, the live broadcast or you're watching the on-demand version of this, uh, we are trusting that we're going to learn something from the scripture today. And it is a very interesting time, you know, in life. And I've, I've said this phrase, and many people are saying this phrase, so it did not originate with me, that we are living in unprecedented times. And I've asked my dad, my dad who's 82 years old, I said, have you ever seen anything like this in the world before? And he doesn't really remember the Second World War, but he said he remembers the parade after the Second World War. So he doesn't have memories of exactly what it would have been like during war times. But I know um, <clears throat> in my own life, this is a very unique time. And how we think about life and how we think about the world, really, it could be changed forever. And if you've ever done some study of history, you've seen and watched kingdoms come and go and, and borders change and different things like that. And the world doesn't always stay the same. And the world that we're living in now might be changed forever. We don't know exactly what the world will be like and how the changes that are coming um, in our lives and what it might be like. I, just in my own life, I just remember uh, travel post 9-11. And really, that was the big change that, you know, used to be able to walk up to the gate to meet people. And now there's tons of security. And this, is, has, this has become our new way of living. And we have some new ways of living coming up. And it could um, shake us. And it, the foundations of our lives have been shaken. And the, how we were living our lives has been changed. And, uh, you know, when life changes and it unsteadies us, we actually want to be steady. We want to find, you know, some sort of um, semblance of order in our lives, something that we can associate it with. And when we think about the foundations, you know, of our life, because so many things in this moment have been taken away from us, you know, some of the questions come up, do I really just need to shop more to feel better? Do I need to be able to go to the mall? And if that's actually who I am, if, is that the foundation of my life? I just need to go to the mall more to be a better version of myself. I think it has to be more than that. Is it just that we need to be able to travel more? We need to fly around the world or cross the border. And if I'm able to do that, I will be a better or the best version of myself. Um, how I worked at my job before Zoom calls and all my meetings are on Zoom. Is that how uh, will, I, will I find steadiness in that? Uh, watching sports, I'm really missing watching sports right now. And, and you know, we exist with all of these major sports league and all these leagues and all these different things right now. And these are all brand new things within the last maybe 100 years. All of the things that I just mentioned that people were able to exist before all of these things. And the question is, can we exist? And in, in, is our life made up of those things? 
uh, just to be able to watch sports or just to be able to go to the mall. And um, is, is our life really more than that? Now, we've just come out of Easter, and when we talked at Easter, we just talked about the center of our focus is Jesus. The center of our faith is Jesus. And, and what I've been thinking about is what does that faith in Jesus provide for me? What is the ground that it provides for my life? Because it's got to be more than shopping. It's got to be more than unencumbered travels or in-person work meetings or sports. That what is the ground, what is the steadiness that Jesus provides for me in my life? And this is something that I've been thinking about the last um, many weeks. And as I said at the beginning, you know, we said this and we keep saying, and this is true, it's unprecedented times, but there is actually a precedent in history for big changes and, and the world existing one way and then all of a sudden the world is existing another way. And it is actually found in the scripture. As we look in the scripture, we see um, people be in exile. In other words, they lived a certain way and then all of a sudden they were taken into captive, uh, taken as captives, and they had to go live in a whole other country. We see imprisonments, people uh, living a certain way, and then they were put in prison, they were falsely accused, different things like that. We see plagues through the scripture. We see droughts. We see um, occupied territories, people living. Uh, Jesus, as he walked the earth, he lived in Roman occupied territory, natural disasters. In other words, the world existed a certain way for people, for individuals. We had habits, we had practices, and all of these different things were going on. And then the world from just one day was completely different. And they were able to be steady as they put their faith in God. And that is what we're talking about in this series. As we're putting our faith in Jesus, that there is provided for us a steadiness, a ground, a confidence that we can have in our life in our lives as we go forward into this next season, whatever it might look like, that we don't have to necessarily go back to all of these other things, but we can actually be steady in our lives because of our faith in God. So what is my worldview? How, how do I perceive that I can exist in the world? Um, and, and the faith that I have in God, is it actually providing for me how I think that I can live in life? And when I do actually put my faith in God and I put my trust in God, it provides for me a steady foundation. And this is something that I've been thinking about just a lot in the last few weeks because all of these things um, just were changes that we didn't necessarily ask for. Uh, nobody asked us, we just have to stay home. Oh, can I stay home for months at a time? And it could change how we think about life. And, and, and when, I, when I put my faith in God, it should provide some steadiness for me. So I want to be steady and established. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary or changeable, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, we have been living out these verses. What we've seen has been temporary for us, how we have been living our lives. It was, it's all been changed around. 
And then it says that the scripture is telling us what the things that we don't see, those are the eternal things. Those are the things that are going to last. And it's not physical things. It's not actual physical ground that will keep us steady. It is, once again, things that come from our faith in God because that is the eternal thing the scripture says. What we see is temporary and it's going to change and the world has changed and it's continued to change. But the scripture is telling us here that what we don't see, there's certain principles um, in our hearts. There's certain principles that come from our faith. These unseen things, they are eternal. And that's what we want to look at and discover from the scripture. And this is, this is what helps us to live our lives. Once again, these aren't things from religion. Um, our, our religion being superior to someone else's, that Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came so that we can understand that, understand and to discover life, how it should actually be lived so that we can have a proper foundation. And it's just not all of the habits and practices that we've had for the previous years in our lives. There is something else that will take us into this new way of living going forward in our lives. Because I want to act, and I feel like we would all want this, we would want to act in these eternal ways, these things that don't change, that I can function in that when the world around me is changing, that I can remain steady and established um, in these eternal principles. So that's what we want to look at in this series. Now, we're going to look at a story um, from David in the Old Testament. And we know that David is famous for a couple things. You know, he was anointed to be king of Israel when he was 16 years old. And obviously the famous story of David and Goliath. But there's also an uncelebrated part of David's life where everything changed for David. That he was living life a certain way. That he was anointed to be king. He, he killed Goliath. He was admired by all in Israel. And then there was a certain time where he would go and he was a warrior um, in, in the army and he, and you know, people would celebrate. They would say, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. And Saul be, started to become very jealous of David. He knew that he had been anointed to be king. He knew that everybody was celebrating him and making a big deal about him. And so Saul wanted to kill David. He became very jealous of David. And this changed David's life. And the fact that he had to go from being a celebrated individual in the army to a person on the run um, being chased down by Saul. And we see that David finds himself in this very interesting place. And it's found here in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. It says this, And David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. <clears throat> so he escaped um, being killed by Saul. And it says this, And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became commander over them. And they, they were with him about 400 men. And David went there to Mizpah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. And he left them with the king of Moab. And they stayed with him all the time. And David was in the stronghold. And the prophet Gad said to David, Do not remain in the stronghold. Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. 
So David has gone basically from the top of the heap to the bottom of the heap. And it says this place that he is. So he's gone from being in the army, celebrated. He's the next great king. He's a great warrior. And he's now living in a cave. And it says about all of these people that joined himself, themselves, as David says, they were in distress and everybody was in debt and everybody who was bitter in soul. So they had terrible circumstances. They were all stressed out. They were all owed money. And then they had a really bad attitude. They were bitter in soul. And all of them gathered themselves to David that this was now his new normal. This was his new experience to go from, David, you're the best, you're gonna be king, you're the best warrior we have, to you're now the leader of the losers. And all of the losers have joined themselves to you, and you've now, you, you're living in a cave. That David's life now was completely changed. He was living a certain way, celebrated, and he was, these, so many of these wonderful things and he was going to be king and now he's living in a cave and all of these people who were all struggling, they all joined himself, joined themselves to David and he was their brand new leader. That his life, that his foundations were completely shook and he was living a life on the run. And this is where we could find ourselves we could find ourselves in a whole set of new circumstances. All of us are in brand new circumstances. And what is to come is a little bit uncertain how of these external things, how all of these temporary things are actually going to play out. Will sports actually come back? Will all of the sports leagues actually make it? We know the XFL is already folded, but nobody cared about that anyway. But will all of the things come back? And will all of the things that I was used to, will they all still be available to me? And how I was before, will I be able to be that way again? So just like us, David is finding a brand new circumstance. There's this very interesting thing that happens after Saul is chasing after David and continuing to try to kill him. David is actually presented with this opportunity to kill Saul. Let's read about it here in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. It says, When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of all the wild goat rocks. So Saul really has it in for David. So he's not just like, hey, I need a couple guys to kill David. He's like taking 3,000 people. I mean, he just really wants to kill David. He's just, you know, has it out for him. And he came to the sheepfold, verse 3, by the way, and there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. So in other words, he went to go in the bathroom. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. So as Saul is going to search for David, he's got these 3,000 guys, he finds this cave to go to the bathroom in, and in this very same cave, David is there with his group of people, this group of losers that are with him, and they're there in this same cave. And the men said to him, here is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand and you, sh and you shall do to him as you shall seem good to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterwards, David's heart struck him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. 
And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words, and they did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. So here David was presented with this opportunity. His life in an upheaval. His life completely changed, and the person that had changed his life, Saul, in a sense was like, you know, offered to him on a silver platter that he could have just taken this moment and he could have just killed Saul, could have ended all of the difficulties, all of the struggle. But one of the things that we see here in this moment that, you know, in, he cut off a portion uh, of Saul's uh, clothes just to, to show Saul that he spared his life. But, you know, this very interesting circumstance, it, someone's like, oh, this is like the perfect circumstance to end the suffering. But we see here in this moment that David made a very interesting foundational choice in his life. Even though all of his circumstances had changed, David didn't want to lose his integrity in this moment. Now, we know David had other issues later on in life, but in this moment... This was a very important choice for him, even though his life had completely been changed and how he was living his life was completely changed and he was living in caves. And then here Saul was. And he, he just took in this moment an honorable action that he still had respect for Saul, even though Saul was trying to kill him. And the question is for us, what honorable actions can I take right now? See, at the beginning of the story that David was making sure that his parents were taken care of, even though his life had been changed and he was facing a brand new struggle and he was living in a cave that he wanted to make sure that his parents were taken care of. Just something simple, honorable, and practical. It wasn't just making life all, what am I going to do? What am I, I thought I was going to be king. And don't you remember that I killed Goliath? And don't you remember how great a warrior I was? He wasn't feeling sorry for himself and acting in a dishonorable way that in this moment he was actually caring about his, penner, his parents. And as I've been saying, you know, in some of our videos during the week, that on the other side of this, we actually want to be better. We want to be better on the other side. So what are some choices that I can make? And as we would see in the story of David, what are some choices of honor that I can make right now in this even this season, even though my life has changed, how can I choose to honor somebody else in this moment? So David had a chance to kill Saul, but instead he honored him. He honored his place as king. He was taking care of his parents. That he wasn't just thinking about himself and feeling sorry for himself that he was once going to be king, and eventually he became king, but he was now this leader of this ragtag group of people that were struggling in life. But instead of all of that creating a brand new negative foundation for him, he actually had an, um, a foundation of honor and integrity. He didn't let the pressure of the moment cause him to lose himself. And this is what could happen to any of us in this moment, that we could make rash decisions change our character because of the uncertainty of our future, because my whole world has changed right now, that he didn't make a, a rash decision. He didn't let the pressure of the moment to cause him to lose himself. He kept his integrity and he kept his honor in the middle 
of unprecedented circumstances. And so this is what, this is how we want to operate right, right now. And th this would be a foundational place for us to think about in our lives as we want to be better on the other side of this. But how did David work through all of this? Now, one of the things is that we actually have the benefit of a psalm or a song that David wrote in the middle of this difficult time. And it is actually Psalm 57. We're just going to read the whole psalm here. And at the, the preamble to the psalm, it says, A miktem of David, or we don't know exactly what that means, but it, it has to do with music of some sort. And it says, When he fled from Saul in the cave. So th this is one of the great things about David, that he was the warrior poet, that he was able to express himself in Saul, what he was feeling, what he was going through as Saul was chasing him, as his world had been upended. How things were one way one day, and then the next day for him, everything had changed. And he wrote a song about it. Let's read it here. Psalm 57, verse 1, says this. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for you, for in you my soul takes refuge. This is a great start for us. That in God, and as we talked about last week at Easter, that our, the foundation of our faith is in Jesus. That when everything is changing and everything is shifting around for us, that my soul can take refuge in God. That he is the steady place that we can always run to. That we can be always be steady and established in God. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Even though the world has changed, things have changed, circumstances have changed, God's purposes for you and me have not changed. And God will still see us through that we can be steady in that fact, that we can be steady in the refuge of God, steady in his hand that he is going to fulfill his purposes for me. Verse 3, he will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. Salah, or in other words, think about that. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts, the children of men whose teeth and spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp words. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They are set. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way. But they have fallen into it themselves. Selah. My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. This is great advice for us right now. That so many things have changed, but we can still sing worship to God. I think this is so important for us because once again, so many things are changing and sifting right now, but God is steady. God is there. And this is one of the things, this is one of the secrets for David to stay steady and established in this moment when his world has changed. He said, I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord. 
among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. So here we have this insight to how David handled this moment and what steadied him as he was, life was endangered and he was living in a cave. What did he do? He reminded himself. He said, your steadfast love is great to the heavens. That God's love for us is greater than the circumstances we are facing right now. And this is the ground. This is the confidence that we can have in life right now. This is the confidence that God wants us to live from. This place of steadiness in his love. His love is great to the heavens. His love is expansive for us. And this is what we need to rest right now in this season of uncertainty. The world has changed. We don't know exactly how things are going to look in the future and, or how life is going to be. But in this moment, we can remember, just like David did, that your steadfast love, it's great, it's, it's, and it's there all of the time. We can be steadied by the love of God. See, circumstances will conspire against us, but God's love is the foundation of our faith. God's love for us will never change. Even though circumstances will change, God's love for us will never change. And the question is, do we incorporate this into our worldview, how I live my life? Do I actually steady myself in the midst of all the change, in the midst of all of the uncertainty? Am I, am I steadying myself in the love of God? See, this goes beyond re religion or a religious idea that Jesus actually wants to live our lives from this place. The scripture tells us, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. My worldview must incorporate this idea that God loves me, that God actually cares for me. And his love is steady, it is steadfast, and it's to the heavens, it's expansive, it's big. You know, the song that we sing when we're children, that our parents teach us, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And it's so important for us to remember that idea, even though it's something that becomes very familiar. Hey, do you know God loves you? You know, it's a very familiar thing for preachers to preach about, and I'm actually preaching about it right now, but I actually want us to settle in that fact, to, to steady ourselves in the idea that God loves us. See, God loving you is better than self-esteem. See, self-esteem is just, you know, confidence in yourself and confidence in what you can accomplish. And, you know, thank God for your ability and thank God for confidence that we have. But it's such a stronger place to live from than self-esteem is living from the love of God. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 tells us this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know when Christ appears that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him 
purify themselves just as he is pure, that we have this hope, we have this expectation in God that he actually loves us. Now, he just doesn't love us any old way, that he loves us as a child, that his own child. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us. Like a child. Like a parent loves his child. And this is something that this constantly, you know, when, we, when I think about life and my, my wife and I and our constant plans, as we think about the future and what's going on in our lives, our hearts and our minds are always for our children. And it is actually hard to describe to somebody how much you love your children. And when you look at your children and, and how much of a gift they are, even though they're irritating us a little bit in isolation, beyond all of the irritation that we feel of them sometimes uh, in the close proximity that we were living in constantly, that underneath all of that is actually our love for our children. And what it says about God that he does for us, he lavishes his love upon us. And it should steady us. That his purposes for us, he is still going to fulfill. That's how much he loves us. Circumstances will change, but God's love for us will never change. See, God wants us to be steady and established in his love. And this is what brought David through these very trying circumstances, these very difficult times where his life was changed forever that God had steadfast love for him. Last verse, Ephesians chapter 3, very familiar portion of scripture for us. The apostle Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus and he says this, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, this is one of these eternal things that we talked about at the beginning. Temporary things are going to change, but there is going to be eternal things. And these are the things that God wants us to live our lives by. And what is that? Strength with power through the spirit in the inner being. Now, where does that come from? Verse 17, so that it, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love that the ground of God's love is the steadiest place to live from, regardless of what's happening in the world and around the world, that this steady ground for us to walk on and live from is the love of God, that you be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. And that all stems from the love of God. And this is the thing that will cause us to be steady right now. 
And this is the thing that will cause us to be steady going forward, regardless of the changes in the world to come, regardless of the changes in our jobs, regardless of the changes in our circumstances, that we can be rooted and grounded and depend on the steadfast love of God that reaches to the heavens. And it, it's, the scripture says here, we can't even comprehend it. We can barely comprehend. We could think about how much we love our children. The scripture says, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does the heavenly father want to give good gifts to his children? How much more does God love us than we have love for our children? And this is the ground from which God wants us to live. That we can go forward in life established, steady in the love of God. First and foremost, God loves me. We need to all rest in this, in this moment, right there in your homes. Let's think about this for a second. God, the eternal God, the creator of the universe, actually has love for each individual. That his love is inexhaustible. And this is the love that he's given to all of us. This is how he wants us to live our lives. And this is how he wants us to love others. With this knowledge, the scripture says, we love because he first loved us. So this steady place is this awareness of God's love. That he is there and he is always with me. And his love for you and I never changes. Let's just pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your love today. We're so thankful for your grace in this moment. That you give us your grace, Lord, because you love us. And God, is, there's so many temporary things happening around the world right now. We choose, Lord, not to focus on that. We choose, Lord, to, to focus our hearts and our minds on the, on the steadiness of your love that doesn't change that we are rooted and grounded in your love today, Father. We just love you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you're watching us today and you have never taken the first step in your relationship with God, the gospel, the good news is all about the love of God. That God loved you so much and loves you so much that he doesn't want to be separated from you. He actually wants to have a relationship with you. In fact, he has made provision to have a relationship with you. He sent his son, Jesus, who lived a sinless life, died on a cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, that God has made a way for us to be in a relationship with him. It, it's called God's righteousness. And God just gives it to us as a gift, as a grace. We can't qualify for it. We can't be good enough on our own. We can't create some sort of religion and offer that to God and maybe God will accept that and God will accept me into his good graces. No, God gives us his grace because he loves us. And he sent Jesus so we could have a relationship with him. So just as a first step in your relationship with God, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I'd invite you along uh, to pray along with me or maybe you're watching today and you kind of feel distant from God and, and maybe some things have happened, some circumstances have happened. Some difficult circumstances have happened. And we know today that none of that, that, none of those difficulties have come from the love of God, that God's love has been constant in our lives. I invite you to pray along with me as well. Let's just pray together. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your love for us.
We thank you that Jesus lived a sinless life. He died on a cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today, Lord, I say yes to a relationship with you. God, today I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways, not just my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are watching us live right now, uh, if you just let one of our hosts know that you prayed that prayer for the very first time, they just want to have a short discussion with you. We'd actually love to send you some materials. If you're watching um, from some other place, from the Mississauga area, man, we recommend that you find a local church in your area. When we're able to meet physically again, go be a part of that local church and serve and get in community there. It'll be the best thing that you ever did. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.